Welcome to episode 8 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen with host Matt Payne. Today's episode is with a sleeper of a landscape photographer, and man, his images will knock your pants off. His name is Zachary Bright. He is a really cool dude from Ohio, and uh, man, I learned a lot of cool stuff uh, from Zachary. He's he's taken some really cool uh, processing classes uh, from some famous people that y'all might know, including Mark Adamus and um, he's done some Skype stuff with uh, with Alex Noriega and Ryan Dyer, and man, his images really show. He he, and his compositions are just phenomenal. You, you got to check his work out, uh, bright-images.com. Um, but yeah, we had a great conversation um, about his journey into photography, and I think you guys are gonna totally dig this one. Thanks. Good, dude. It's kind of cold in here. <laughs> You're in Ohio, right? I am. What the heck is in Ohio? Uh, me and <laughs> <laughs> and my wife and my three small children. Okay. And a national park that not a lot of people know about. It's called Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Nice. And uh, a fair bit of uh, natural beauty that uh, I certainly wasn't expecting when I moved here. Right, because when I think of Ohio, I don't think of natural beauty. Yeah, I didn't either. Definitely, uh, <laughs> but I can say I've been I've been very impressed. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, Zachary Bright, it is super awesome having you on the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm really excited. Uh, it's been a very long time since I did anything like this, man. This is cool. Yeah. So, um, so cool. I actually found out about you through my podcast, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, Josh, and uh, I saw he also took you to the self-help website i think (laughs) is that what happened there because if you put in bright images without the dash i'm pretty sure it takes you to like self-help tapes yeah 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 i think there's a also a website that take talks to you about like how to love jesus holy and bring him into your life and (laughs) things like that there's there's a lot of like if you get one little thing off with that name i should probably look into making it zach bright images or something.com because oh man you can go down a rabbit hole there yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dude, so um, it's so funny when he said, oh, yeah, dude, you should check out his Zachary Bright. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. And <clears throat> so, you know, I was expecting, uh, you know, for some, you know, some good photography. And I went to your website and my jaw just dropped. I was like, how could I have never heard of this dude before? <laughs> and then and then I shared a link to your website to a Facebook chat group that I'm in with a bunch of people like Mike Taylor and uh, Brian Drower and Aaron, Aaron Priest and those guys. And they were like, holy shit, he's a total sleeper. Like, n- I don't, no one's heard of you before, dude. And like, your stuff is world class. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I do not promote myself very much, man. I guess when it comes to putting stuff online, um, I can't help but feel a little bit like Stuart on uh, Saturday Night Live. You know, like, uh, look what I can do, you know? So uh, I just, right. I, I, I kind of hesitate to put stuff on very much. Just if I really like something, I'll put it on my Facebook. I used to do 500 picks a lot, but I just kind of fell off on that one too. So I just sort of sure. do the website and, uh, you know, I guess I'm just enjoying it, you know? 
and really, uh, I've, I follow a lot of people and look at a lot of other people's images and stuff, but I'm just, like you said, I'm kind of, I don't really put it out there a lot, you know? Yeah, well, I can, I can definitely, um, see a lot of my favorite photographers influence on your work, including, uh, Adamus and Ryan Dyer and Alex Noriega. Uh, I can tell that you've definitely done some processing classes with those guys. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I went on a workshop with Adamus. Uh, I took, uh, you know, the Skype thing with Noriega. Uh, I have the Dyer videos. Uh, I still chat with, uh, Alex a lot, man. He's a really cool cat. I don't know if you've talked to him yet, but he's a, a really great guy. He's, <laughs> well, he's got a wicked sense of humor too, you know? Oh yeah, dude. So I used, uh, actually used to live in Portland for a couple of years. Um, when he was living there, well, actually it was like, I think he moved away, right? A little shortly after I moved there, but um, I was in <laughs> our friend Brian Kibbins. Um, we all went out for drinks with Alex and his girlfriend and a couple other guys, and like, <laughs> like uh, you know the you know those auto tuner apps on your phone where you can like create like a fake rap or whatever. Yep. Where it's like I am awesome, 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 or whatever, like just really ridiculous. Like Brian Kibbins, he's just this ridiculously funny guy, and he was just making up all these songs about Alex and his girlfriend, <laughs> and it was like kind of embarrassing for Alex, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I'm. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm like tight with Alex, but you know, we hung out, and I've been a follower of his work ever since I got into photography. So yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just he's one of the best for sure. I mean, every time he puts something out, it's just the subtlety in his stuff just blows me away, you know? Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. But uh, uh, Kippins, I've heard of him too. He does a lot of waterfall stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, that's kind of his uh, his obsession for sure. He does a ton of waterfall stuff. I mean, he's one of those guys that like he knows the location of every like secret waterfall in Oregon and Washington. Like he, he shoots a lot of stuff that not a lot of other people even know about. Um, and, and he's kind of under the, he's another one of those guys that's kind of under the radar. He's a, he's actually a tow truck operator. So like he gets to go to some cool places sometimes, but, um, yeah, he's a super cool guy too. Um, but we're not here to talk about him. We're here to, to talk about you. Uh, and like I said, man, uh, if anyone, no one's heard of you before, like they got to go to your website and check it out. Like they, I guarantee people have the same experience I did. Like, holy shit balls, man. Like your stuff, <laughs> your stuff is cool. And it's a, like, there's a lot of comps in here that I've never seen before, which is what I really like about, um, your stuff because, you know, a lot of people just comp stomp and, you know, they see a, they see a composition, they try to recreate it, which is a great way to learn, but. Your stuff is all super unique, which is awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I get I get a little bored with the comp stomping. I've certainly done it before. You know, like you said, it's a great way to learn. And uh, every now and then I will still do it. Like uh, I just got back from a little trip to the Olympics. Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, me and my wife and our baby went out there and just sort of drove around, you know, four days around the loop. And you know that sea cave out there? The, uh, I've not, well, I haven't been to the Olympics, but I know of the scene you're talking about. Yeah, it's just a super cool looking cave with a big, um, you know, sea stack in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, Noriega's done it really good. Perry Shalot, I don't know if you've heard of her. She's done it really, yep, really good. Yep. Um, 
Atomus, of course, and I, I had to stop there and just, you know, give it a try. I don't think I'm really going to reinvent anything after all those people did it, but still, it's fun every once in a while, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, you, so tell me about the some of the workshops that you went on and how it benefited your photography. Oh, I just only did the uh, the Atomus one, and uh, it was a surprise, actually. My wife set that up because she knew I really wanted to go on one. Oh, but, cool. Uh, I have, you know, uh, three kids, so I guess I feel pretty guilty when I go on my photo trips by myself without even paying for, like, a guide or something, you know? So right. she she knew I probably wouldn't do that for myself. But she went ahead and kind of surprised me with it, like, hey, next week you're going on a Mark Adams workshop. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, I basically just punched out the nearest window and yelled and, you know, started, like, freaking out. And uh, it was awesome. I met so many great people there. Uh, I met... Perry was on that one. Uh, there's a guy, Stuart Bellamy. He's another really, really great photographer. He's South African. Okay. And he's a male model. And <laughs> that helps, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's a really good guy. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, I guess I know we're not really on that subject yet, but if I was going to say anything to anybody starting out, um, I would have to highly recommend workshops and Skype sessions and all that kind of stuff over, uh, you know, the gear and the, the new plugins and this and that that people like to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, um, I've never taken a workshop or a processing workshop or anything like that, but I did take a, um, I took a, I guess it was a studio lighting class um, where they had brought in some models and some lighting equipment and stuff like that. And, that was really helpful for me to learn how to um, do portrait photography, which is not a passion of mine, but it did help me pay off all my gear. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's yes. always a bonus when you can pay off some of your gear, you know? Yeah, so I I hear what you're saying. Like, it can definitely be a huge benefit. Um, the only reason I've never done, like, the Skype stuff and that kind of stuff is, I guess, because I'm stubborn and because I kind of want to just learn techniques on my own and and through failure and i fail a lot <laughs> that's my it's, that's my specialty yeah well not by the looks of your website but <laughs> I, I feel you like if you go back into my stuff like 2012 2013 even 2014 like it's pretty abysmal but um yeah it's a journey that we're all on and learning is a big part of it um that's what i i'm i've actually got a i for some reason I decided that it would be a good idea to take on a student intern for photography at the local high school here. And I have a full-time, more than full-time job already, not photography. And, uh, but they, this kid like really wanted to do photography and they couldn't find anyone else locally to do it. So I took him on and basically what I've been telling him is like, you're good. don't be discouraged because you're gonna be really bad for a while but that's okay like learn from your mistakes and like and let's talk about what worked and what didn't work and then eventually you'll get a little bit better <laughs> absolutely yeah definitely um I mean, that was one of the things that stuck with me from that workshop actually that, that adam has said was uh the difference between the master and the student is that the master has failed more times than the student has tried that's true <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember when I was starting out, I was so sure that these guys, the you know the guys I'm talking about, the guys who you just see their images and you just uh, smash your computer. You know, yeah, you're like, oh, I quit. 
Yeah, those guys. Uh, I was so sure when I was very first getting into this that there was like this secret plugin. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, that had to be, you know, there was like some secret, like up, up, down, down, left, right, B, A, B, A, select, start. And then your <laughs> stuff would be great. And, you know, oh, it's just, that's not true, man. It's just experience really, you know, and just doing it over and over again and, and going, that sucks, that sucks, that sucks, that sucks. That's okay. Over and over, you know? Well, I will say to counter, I agree, but I will say to counter that, that and it's one of the things that frustrates me about photog- landscape photography personally is that um, it does seem to be true that the more time you spend devoted to being in the field and availing yourself to the opportunity to be there at the right time at the right location plays a pretty big role in terms of, you know, your ability to capture images or you just get really fucking lucky, which I've seen a lot of people do. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, when it comes to the vision and the processing side, for sure, it's all about making mistakes and 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 learning from those mistakes. And then, I don't know, like, you, it sounds like you're a lot like me. Like, I have a, I have a nine-year-old son, and I'm married, and I have a full-time job, and it's not like I can just go hang out for 30 days and hope to get the right shot. So I have to make the most of the opportunities I get, and sometimes... I'll go out for a whole weekend and I'll come back with maybe one photo, <laughs> you know? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I got the three kids and I also have a full-time job. Uh, the schedule's a bit weird, but, uh, you know, like you say, you just got to seize the opportunities when you can. And it's been, uh, you know, moving to Ohio. Uh, originally I had this grand idea that I think probably a lot of people have had of, I'm going to move to Portland or, you know, Seattle or something and just kind of fall in with that crowd and become, you know, a Northwest guy. Sure. And, and I would still like to do that someday. But the thing is with the kids, you know, we want to be close to uh, my wife's parents. And so when we first came here, I just, I guess I had to come to this conclusion that if I can only take world-class landscape images in certain locations, what does that say about me as a photographer? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So, so being close to places, you can go out a lot, you know, even if you have other obligations and stuff. So like you do around Durango and stuff, you know, and you can catch those places that not a lot of the people go. So I find that stuff really exciting now. And I feel like it's made me a lot sharper, like compositionally and stuff, you know. Right, because you have to work with what you got. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, uh, Kash, I have all these different topics I wanted to talk to you about. But the first one I want to ask you about is... You have this photograph on your website called Ghost Dance. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's this uh, Milky Way pano, but then overlapping with that Milky Way pano is a crown aurora. Holy shit, dude. How the hell did that happen? Well, you remember how you were just talking about being lucky? <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I went out to the Badlands with uh, two good friends. And we had in our heads that we were just going to do a bunch of abstracts and, you know, some star stuff. Nothing crazy. So we go out there and um, we're getting set up. And I was setting up for a Milky Way panel already, which is really the only thing that saved me when it came to that. Because otherwise I would have not had time to get set up. Um, And we're all doing our own thing. And we're probably like 250 feet apart or so because Badlands is not the kind of place where you stand next to each other, you know? Right. And uh, all of a sudden, I start getting this purple in my images on the left corner. And I'm thinking, shit, my camera is dying, like, right now. (laughs) Like, what is going on, right? So then uh, another one of my buddies comes running up about 15 minutes later. He's like, man, I think something's wrong with my camera. I got this purple all over. 
and we kind of look over at the hills, and right about then this pickup truck pulls up on the road near us, and this guy jumps out, and he's like, do y'all see that Aurora over there? And we're like, fuck. And so we all run back to our pano spot and start doing all that kind of stuff, and it just blew up. I mean, purples, yellows, like I didn't even know Aurora's could do all those kind of colors. I've always wanted to chase Aurora's, but I've just never done it yet, you know? Yeah. And I certainly wasn't expecting to do it in the summer in in the desert, you know? Yeah, but, uh, so so where were you at? Uh, Badlands National Park in South Dakota. Okay, okay, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I Googled Badlands Aurora after that just to see if it's it's something that happens. And, you know, you do see other images of it, so I guess it's not that rare. But uh, it certainly was awesome for us. I mean, it wasn't like that stuff that just arcs across the whole sky like you see from Norway and all that. Yeah, sure. It was all pretty low on the horizon, but as you saw in the picture, I mean, it was very cool looking and very like structurally organized, and it was just constantly shifting. We ended up uh, staying up all night that night and oh, doing, I bet. yeah, doing sunrise and then passing out in the car and all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh right? man, that's the kind of stuff you dream about. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing, man. Because uh, I think I showed that to Mike Taylor, and he was like, "I don't think very many people got a photo of that Crown Aurora that night," because I guess it was a pretty pretty well distinguished aurora all all across the united states oh really okay yeah. yeah it was it was like june you know so uh completely i i guess i should learn more about when the aurora happens to do that but yeah i, I was just not expecting that at all to be honest you know <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could tell you some cool secret about it but no it was uh basically thought my camera was broken that's how awesome it was wow that's that's cool man so, uh, talk to me a little bit about, um, your, I don't, I haven't really talked much about this in the podcast before, but I am curious just based on what I see in your images. Talk to me a little bit about your kind of your personal approach to processing. Cause it looks like just based on what I'm seeing, you're doing a lot of luminosity masking and stuff like that. Is that kind of what I'm seeing here? Or? No, I actually don't do a whole lot of that. I will do it a little bit, uh, more to shape the light in an image, uh, I guess basically my approach is in camera raw, I'll open it up, and I just try to get everything sort of even, if you know what I mean, to where you don't have crushed shadows and you don't have just white spots and things like that in a single exposure if I can. You know, very rarely I will do brackets and stuff, but I got an, a D800E and it seems pretty good with the dynamic range, as I'm sure, sure. you know. Yeah. Uh, once I do that, then I'll open it up and then I'll just sort of start working around whatever light was there, you know. So uh, I guess almost like a reverse HDR process where I want uh, the shadows to be dark and you, you to barely be able to see anything, in them, you know. And I want the, the bright part of the image to be light. And uh, I think that's something that this these cameras with all this dynamic range and the raw format and stuff, I don't know about you, but sometimes after I'm done processing an image and I go back and look at the raw, it almost looks like it's high passed or there's some sort of a clarity effect on it or something. Huh. Does that, does that make sense? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Because there's just so much dynamic range that it just makes all these images flat. If you know what I'm saying. So I just try to kind of work against that and make it a lot more natural looking to your eye. Like, the, the glaring light in the distance for the for the sunset, you know, because uh, like a sun star in these images, you know, it looks like a tiny pinpoint. You know what I mean? It doesn't sure. look like that when you're there. Uh, I don't know. I could go into some more uh, technical detail if you want, but I don't know how much into that stuff you want to get into. But uh, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's <laughs> I think it's funny what you said about sun stars because I have a I have an unhealthy obsession with sun stars. In fact. 
It's one of the reasons why I switched camera systems, just because I feel like Nikon Sunstars are shit. But <laughs> Yep. Oh, I was just going to say, man, I bet you had a Nikon, because I'll tell you what, man, they are my bane of my existence. I do get them every now and then. Uh, I did just get one in Olympic, and I got one back here, but uh, I got the 14 to 24. Yeah, I've got, I still have the 14 to 24 just because, uh, you know, it's a great lens, but uh, I hate the Sunstars. Like, they're, they're just, they don't appeal to me. I like the... Well, I was always drawn to the Canon 16-35 F2.8 Sunstars because they're so crazy defined, you know? Yeah, and they're just so, like, perfectly aligned and straight, you know? Whereas uh, the Nikon ones, it's sort of like a drunk Sunstar, you know? And they have, like, all the little tails on them and stuff, which it's just kind of... Yeah, it looks like someone punched it in the face or something. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I got I I I don't talk a lot about gear on the podcast, but it's fun talking to someone else who likes Sunstars. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, I picked up the Sony A seven R two and I got uh, the the Zeiss Loxia twenty one. Okay. Uh, and it has ridiculously good Sunstars, and so as soon as I saw that it had those Sunstars, I was like, uh, "Yep, I'm going with that." <laughs> and I, I haven't looked back. But yeah, um, I. I'm really digging your stuff, man. I'm just kind of perusing your website as we talk. It's like, ah, there's so many cool comps in here. Like, you have this one comp of uh, Crestone Needle and Crestone Peak, it looks like, uh, at um, uh, Great Nash Sand Dunes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a, uh, yeah, that was fun. That was real fun. We, uh, My wife and I went on a honeymoon-type road trip, and we went for like three or four months. And we just went all around to all the national parks out there. Oh, uh, yeah. Your shot is super cool because, you know, there's that classic comp that people have with all the um, the dunes in the foreground um, that I think almost everyone has one of. But yours looks like you're almost up elevated. You're probably up on a high dune, but then you use like a telephoto or something. It looks really cool. Yeah, I love those dunes, man. I really want to go back. Another really good one uh, I'm sure you've seen is uh, Sarah Marino's uh, Lightning there. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Man. Oh, man. I mean, this is... Uh, it's kind of an undershot area too, I think. A lot of Colorados like that, you know? Yeah. Um I've shot it a few times, but I was there in like January. It was like negative twenty and I just got <laughs> <laughs> I had just gotten my D eight hundred and my fourteen to twenty four and there was like a meteor shower and I'm like, I'm going. I don't care how cold it's gonna be. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'd love to go back and shoot that again. It's a really cool spot. You know, another one, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've been, but there's a little like slot canyon type thing right up near O'Ray, or O'Ray, sorry. Uh, it's like almost in town. I think they call it Box Canyon Falls. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a fun place. Yeah, I haven't shot any, well, I haven't shot much landscape near O'Ray. I've shot a lot um, during my climbs over there, but not nothing like seeking out just specific landscape locations. But yeah, O'Ray is a pretty cool spot for sure. So tell me about, um, it sounds like you kind of shy away from the more iconic locations and it sounds like you're more drawn to kind of secluded areas that are more kind of appealing to you. Talk to me a little bit about how, what, what draws you to shoot a certain location? You know, it's, uh, it's hard to put into words, but I guess obviously I love natural beauty like everyone uh, you know, sunsets and sunrises and all that. But what really speaks to me about the landscape is uh, a certain loneliness. 
Uh, I don't know if I've really even been able to effectively com convey that completely in my images yet, but it's it's the isolation. It's it's a place that's just been there for God knows how long. You know what I mean? There's just something that really speaks to me about that, and it's not a place that anyone has maybe ever even taken the time to look at before, you know? Yeah, totally. Those are the places that really kind of speak to me deeply usually, you know? I mean, there are some... Of course, iconic places that are iconic for a reason, but uh, like Badlands was probably a really great example of that. You know, there's really not any one shot there that, at least, not that I know of. You know, yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> there's also a million shots there, and <laughs> if you just wander anywhere, you're going to find something cool. You know, uh, a lot of it does look a little bit similar, but I mean, it's just such a wild alien place. You know, and uh, of course, coming from, uh, I was born in Farmington, you know, right. and, and I did go to uh, Bistai before I was into photography. Need to go back now. Yeah, Bistai is fun. I like to shoot there too. That's another place like that, you know, just, you almost feel like you're on another planet. Oh, totally. And it's like, there's compositions that no one else has ever seen before, like every time you turn the corner. Absolutely. And you just never know what you're going to find. And that's very exciting. Whereas like if you go to a big waterfall that's done a lot, I love shooting waterfalls, but you pretty much know what you're going to get or at least some flavor of what you're going to get beforehand. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Uh, that's funny, man. Cause that's a, I feel like that's one of the kind of the ways that I think about photography too. Like I'm always drawn to, I, I hadn't really put it into words the way that you just did about, you know, it being a place of loneliness or solitude or whatever. I, I guess solitude resonates with me more than anything. Just, you know, it's like you and, and your and the landscape that you're in and that's it. Like, it's all about that relationship between you and that spot. And that's what I really like about those kinds of locations. Cause you're not trying to find the composition that someone else has found. It's, it's more about the, the process of shooting that location and what it, how it connects to you, I guess, spiritually or whatever, depending on your kind of, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a feeling, you know. It's a, a, There's a certain feeling that I get in those places when I don't have cell phone service and I can't see any structures and any people. You know what I mean? And it's it's not really a feeling that I can put into words, which is why I think I try to take pictures of it. You know? But I think you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely know what you're talking about, and uh, I, I've, well, that's one that's that's one of the things I find find um, I find difficult about um, uh, marketing photography because I, I feel like on one hand an, an image should speak for itself in terms of what it it how it moves somebody like you know if you're in an art gallery typically there's not a lot of description as to what the artist was trying to accomplish but on the other hand I feel like sometimes in photography anyway I, and I don't know if you feel the same way but sometimes I feel compelled to put some words into what I'm trying to express in addition to the image and then I feel like maybe sometimes that isn't I shouldn't <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? What, I do. You know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, you know what else used to be like so hard? Speaking of that, is naming images. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh my I god! I talked to Mike Taylor about that because he has some really cool uh, uh, names for his photography. <laughs> they 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 need an app for that. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I told him he should develop one, yeah. <laughs> like bad. But uh, but no, I mean, now it's it's better. Sometimes I actually have thought of names for an image before I took it. Because, oh, yeah, really? Because I just I try to put a lot of thought into it now. But uh, oh, it used to just throw me for such a loop, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> Mike Taylor inspired me to try to uh, pair my photo with like a clever word. So my uh, the last Milky Way photo I put out, um, I called it nyctophilia, which is apparently the definition of that is like you're addicted to darkness. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Probably my favorite one from last year is there's like these two waterfalls going down and uh, it was field of streams. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Super, yeah. super cheesy. But, you know, you got to do yeah. that sometimes. Yeah, you've got some cool names on you. You've got Cryo Chamber, Borderlands, Cold Rush, Glyph Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> that thing looked like writing. Yeah, I can see that. That's cool. Is that uh that's um that looks like the uh what is that in Nevada? Um Oh, it's a, it's a White Pocket. Yeah, White Pocket. Yeah. Yep. Yep, which cool. is another super cool place. Uh I'm Yeah, sure. I need I need to go. I've never been. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's it's a lot. There's a lot there, man. You'll have a lot of fun. It's not a big area either, you know, once you get there. It's just getting there is the hard part. Right. I've heard it's kind of a little challenge if you don't have a good vehicle. So, uh Tell me about how you fit photography into your busy schedule. Well, with my job, I'm basically gone for somewhere from a month to a month and a half. And then I'm off for a month to a month and a half. Oh, cool. So that actually works out pretty good for doing little trips and stuff. So sometimes we do it as a family, like we just did West Virginia. Like, I don't, I'm sure you've seen Dolly, sorry, Dolly Sods and all that kind of stuff. Uh, no, but, uh, well, it's a it's a really interesting area. It's actually not totally natural. Uh, it was a large top of a plateau out there that got uh, you know various combinations of fires and things kind of burned the trees off, and then a bunch of heath grew back into heath barrens. And huh. there's there's all these huge weird eroded rocks sticking out of it, and it's very very scenic. And there's a lot of other stuff around there too, like waterfalls and just you know beautiful forests and things like that. So okay. Uh, me and my wife and all our kids went out there and got a, a little cabin with a hot tub and just explored around for a while. Nice. Other times, uh, you know, I'll just go out myself or just me, my wife, and the baby. And sometimes, uh, probably a lot of it I just do around here, you know, like near where I live. Kind of yeah. like, you know, which uh, is – I'm getting more and more excited about the, as more time passes, you know. Yeah, it's funny, uh, funny you say that because I'm always – like just, uh, I don't know, last, yeah, a couple of days ago, last weekend, my wife and I did a little hike with our son, like up to this little lake north of here that I didn't even really know about. And I was like, oh, like I could totally see like shooting the sunset here or something like that. Like just exploring new kind of unknown locations around near home. That's pretty fun. It is. It is. You can find some great stuff. I mean, especially where you are, too. I mean, Durango's amazing, you know? That's one of my favorite cities, for sure. Yeah, don't don't let the secret out too much, though, because it's already super expensive to live here. I mean, I mean it's really bad, man. Like, I can't it's believe, terrible. I can't believe yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would never live here. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> super gross. But, yeah, uh, it's terrible. Um, so, another question I had for you, because... Um, uh, I was just looking through your website and stuff like that. Which which one of your maybe 
one or two, which, what are your absolute favorite photos that you've taken that kind of speak to you the most and why? It changes all the time, you know, (laughs) it it does, you know, it's a, it's a constant, uh, like love hate thing with them where I usually, I love them when I take them in the field and then I hate them when I look at them on the computer. And then over time I sort of start processing them and start warming up to them. And then uh, eventually I get to where maybe I love them. And then if I do, I put them on the website and then I look at them a month later and I hate them again. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, uh, uh, I think right now, probably just speaking from recent stuff, uh, there's one called uh, – you know those images that you're pretty sure nobody else is really going to like but you like a lot? Totally. Uh, there's one called Dagobah, which oh, is – Oh, yeah. I see that. <laughs> uh, that one, I found that place probably five years ago and I've been trying to get a decent shot there ever since. Not constantly but like you know, once or twice a year I'll go out there and just – try and hit it when the conditions are right. And every time it's been a failure. So I probably like it so much, partly just because it was so much work to get it. But yeah, just, like how, tell me more about that. But uh, uh, it's just that image is just, I mean, that is the feeling I was trying to get in that one. And it maybe doesn't make sense to anybody else. I don't know, but it's just such a bizarre place, almost like a house of mirrors when you're there, you know, like, and it's just very chaotic, but if you can just distill it down in the fog, you have to have the fog in a place like that for me, you know, yeah. because because otherwise it's just complete chaos. So there's a lot of predicting the weather and stuff. Or oh, least, where where was that? Oh, that's in that national park right near here, Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Okay. And that place is actually closed about half the year because eagles nest there. Oh, so, wow. You can only go there, you know, it depends every year if they nest, but it's usually sometime in the fall they open it up and then sometime in the spring they close it. And, but uh, And you have, a, you have another photo on your website called The Deep End. Is that from the same area? No, no, that's a, that's a beaver pond, but it is kind of close. But uh, that's another place I, I haven't really seen a lot of people around there at all. And uh, it's one of my kind of zen spots I'll go to in the mornings. Uh, around here I find that it's all about the morning in the East Coast. Oh, okay. Uh, here we have a pretty flat topography. Yep. And you can actually, in some ways, use that to your advantage because we tend to get under conditions, we get fairly predictable fog. And because it's such a like fairly flat area, that low-angle sunlight will just permeate that fog if it's not too thick when it's still really colorful. Right. And it just makes everything look like a painting. Yeah, I, mean, I can see. you got some cool stuff that looks like that, yeah. And I mean, that's like, uh, I think the deep end, that one, like I barely did anything. Like I might've just jacked up the contrast a bit or something, you know, like it sure. just, it just looks like that. And it's uh, it's like a natural Orton, you know, it's yeah, sure. totally yeah, cause, cause of the fog. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the fog and that warm light hitting it, you know, just the combo there is something I really love probably way more than a colorful sunrise or sunset these days, to be honest, you know? Yeah, I had a similar, um, I've only had those kind of conditions a few times and once was in Central Oregon when I shot uh, Coosa Falls at sunrise, same kind of thing, like it was, it's relatively flat, not the same flatness, but it wasn't, you know, it's not like crazy mountains and you get that sun coming through that, that misty light and it, and it bounces off all the leaves and stuff and it just kind of creates its own little glow. Yeah, it's good. That's that's some of my favorite conditions. That and the storms, you know. You probably get some pretty good uh, storm chasing type conditions up where you are, huh? Ah, uh, you know, I haven't really experienced that yet, but uh 
Uh, maybe I haven't been paying much attention either because usually the storms are rolling in when I'm still at work. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good for that around here too. It's just more finding a subject, you know, that's interesting enough because obviously you can't just have a storm, you know, or at least I wouldn't want to do that normally, you know, but. So how how did you get into all this and what was your, what did your progression look like? Uh, for the photography, I actually took it in college as an elective because I was like, that sounds really easy. What <laughs> <laughs> well, little did you know? <laughs> so easy credits. And so I had a, a Pentax K1000. I don't, did you ever do film? No, I never did get into film. So that's like the most basic film camera that you can ever buy. Like, okay. it's, it's just a box with like a couple of knobs on the top, you know. But uh, it was it was fun, and then I did that for a while, then I kind of dropped out of it, and then I got a Rolly, which is a medium format film camera, from my grandfather when he passed away, and so I played around with that a little bit, and then I kind of dropped out of it again. And then at some point, maybe, I don't know, five or six years ago, I started taking it a lot more seriously. Uh, from that point, uh, I did it wrong, and I would like to definitely recommend that people who are just learning and who are listening to this don't do it like I did. I learned Photoshop first, <laughs> right? Don't do that. Learn photography first. Learn the composition. Yeah, because uh, what ended up happening is I had all these images that had really sucky comps. Right. You know, and then you can Photoshop all day, but you know what they say about polishing. You know what? So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't do that. Uh, Photoshop is literally like the only thing in photography that you can learn in your pajamas. So just, you know, you'll have time for that later. Yeah, that's uh, true. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I just sort of, it's funny though. I, I don't know how you feel about composition, but, um, I feel like that's probably the one thing that's useful in comp stomping is that you can kind of visualize what other people have already seen in terms of what makes for a good composition. But I would say in general, like at least in my experience, um, when you go out with like other photographers, it seems like everyone kind of sees a little bit something different. And I feel like that's a big portion of what makes photography art is that you send five photographers to the same location at the same time, the same conditions with the same equipment and the chances are they're going to come back with five very different takes on that scene based on what they see. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it, sometimes it's awesome, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't even look like the same place, you know? Right. And you're like, "Dude, where were you?" Like, I was like 20 feet away. <laughs> 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 like, how did you do that, you know? But yeah, I totally know what you're saying, you know? Um it's it's uh, composition. I mean, that's that's what makes your photo your photo. You know, like you said, it's that is the art of photography. That is probably a, a bigger part, in my opinion, than the processing. You know, or pretty much anything else. You know, it's yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, that and I would say um, blending or post processing techniques and stuff like that. Definitely, like you can tell generally. I think who what people's whose people's influences are or kind of what different techniques they're probably using if you're I guess if you've been around long enough you start to or if you're curious enough and you start asking around enough people you start to learn how different people are doing stuff and then you can start seeing those those techniques show up in other people's images of course what I've learned is there's like a thousand ways to skin the same cat and you can probably get the same results in a 
thousand different ways. So, but oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it's interesting too with the different uh, Skype ones I've taken from just you know really really smart people who are way better at stuff than me. You know, like like you said, like Noriega, like uh, David Thompson. I'm sure you heard of him. Yeah. Really smart dude. He's done uh, Skype stuff with me, and uh, you know, at Atomus, and you know, you'll just see like one person will be like, you know, never do this. <laughs> And then the next person will be like, always do this. And it's the same thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and neither of them's wrong because both of their stuff is just amazingly awesome, you know, but it's just, just, there's just so many different ways, like you said, you know, but the end goal is the same. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You're, you know, you're pushing your shadows, you're pulling your highlights, you're, you know, you're trying to make it look as natural as possible. If that's your goal, you're, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned from like uh, Michael Bolino and a couple other people is like trying to make the hero part of your image stand out, whatever that is, whether it's a mountain or a a river or a waterfall or whatever, you want to make sure that however you compose it and however you process it, that that particular object stands out. Yep. Yep. And I think, (laughs) go, yeah, go ahead. A hundred percent. And also uh, I try to think a lot about not only that, but like the framing of that, you know what I mean? Because what goes around that is so important too. You know what I mean? Like almost like, like for example, I just took one in, in uh, Washington state. I'm not saying it's super awesome, but I was fairly happy with it, but it was just these three trees and they're super mossy. Like, you know how Washington is like, it's, they look like the ants in uh, Lord of the Rings. Like they're going to smash people at any minute, you know? (laughs) So it's these three trees and, you know, I tried all kinds of stuff, zooming in on them, zooming out, but there's a a blue river that goes in front of it, you know, but ultimately what worked the best was just making everything else besides those trees, basically a texture, you know Uh what I mean, by composing. So it's either moss or it's blue water. And then those guys, you know, I tried wide, I tried, you know, swimming in the water. I tried pretty much everything and that was what did it, you know? Yeah, (laughs) I do know exactly what you mean because that's... I don't know how you feel, but like sometimes to me, like that's one of the most fun aspects of landscape photography, but also one of the most frustrating because you can, you can see the image in your mind, but you're like, I can't figure out how to make all this work together. Ah! (laughs) I'm just going to need to replant this bush over there and climb this tree and I'll be ready. Yeah, it's funny. Um, when I first got into photography, I was really, 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 really into panoramas. And I was like, I want to like get everything I see into the image. <laughs> and like, and then I learned, like, I think it was, uh, it wasn't like a classroom thing. I was just talking to another photographer and he wasn't even a landscape photographer. He was a, he used to be a photographer for the army. So he would, he would go with them on, um, on their missions and photograph, photograph them in, in action and stuff like that like almost, you know, documentary style. And and what he was telling me that one of the most important things that he would tell people and what he learned was that sometimes it's it's not as important of what's in the photo, but what's not in the photo. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. And that's like really, really hard to do when you're shooting a pano because it's like everything's in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about those new 360-degree uh, cameras? Like how oh, are you gonna right. how are you supposed to compose with that? <laughs> well, sometimes a three hundred and sixty degree panorama is actually a pretty cool composition. Yeah, but it's not easy to do for sure. 
yeah, I guess it must just be only based on where you put the camera, you know. But uh, yeah, the technology these days is getting nuts, you know, with the megapixels and stuff. I mean, just the amount you can crop, you know, and do warping and things like that. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever followed. Um, there's a guy out of New Zealand. I think New Zealand, or maybe it's Australia. His name is Troy Casser Casserwell Casserwell. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I'm gonna find him. Troy Caswell, yeah. And I don't think he posts a lot anymore. At least I haven't seen it. But he would do like these 360 like Star Trail photos. I saw those. I was like, how did you do that? Yeah, it's. I think what he does is he sets up more than one camera, like on a on a single tripod using some kind of rig, and then takes the photo and out of four different cameras and puts them all together into one photo. And he so, yeah. even, yeah, he even gets like the, uh, you know, I'm not a 360 guy, but I think it's called the the Zenith or the nodal, the part where the tripod is. Yeah. You know, like he even has that. I'm just like, man, that is some intense like processing and setup and planning, you know, oh, it's, it's crazy. And what's crazy is like, he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he does a lot of, a lot more of it, but I used to follow him a lot and he would do tons and tons and tons of these. Like it almost, um, it just blew my mind, like how he did it. Cause I've tried to do one with a single camera and it's like impossible. I feel like yeah, I know, I know I don't have the patience for that. Like I complain so much just when I have to focus stack at night, <laughs> like, like yeah. there, there's no way, like you can hear me complaining, like across the whole park, pretty much like, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, I'm getting, it's funny. I the more I do this, the more lazy I get in terms of <laughs> that kind of stuff. Cause I used to do a lot of like focus stacking and now I'm just like, yeah, I'll just fine. Yeah. I, th- I think I've found my limit. My limit is panoramas at night with focus stacking. Oh that's, yeah. That's, that's painful, man. Yeah. I've done like two of those. And after that, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> right because you're working with a file that has like, like 40 images in it or something. yeah and it's all you know it's all at 2.8 and everyone's like 30 seconds or whatever so it's right just, oh and it, it took you like 20 minutes to take one photo <laughs> yeah it's uh it's intense but it's fun you know it's the challenge is fun and the technology is so cool where it's going you know i mean who knows maybe in the next decade we'll be doing handheld milky way shots and joking about how we used to have to do that dumb stuff you know totally so um, I'm curious, what because um, you do have a website, and you have a beautiful looking website, and you do have a Facebook page and stuff like that. What? But it sounds like you're not you're not a huge fan of self promotion. So what are, I guess, what are your goals with what you want to do with your photography? Uh, I mean, basically, I just want to do it, and I, I hope it inspires people. You know, and I nice, do do. Dude. Yeah, I mean, that's mainly the point. I don't want to take over the world or nothing. You know. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I'm a little surprised at how good the reception has been, considering that probably 60% of my stuff is from Ohio. You know, not that I don't think it's beautiful. I do. It's just not like your normal scenic stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's probably why it's so, I don't know, it's different because not a lot of people have shot that stuff. And the stuff that you have shot that people have been to, it's it's unique. Like, I mean, there's tons of people who have shot the Badlands and stuff, but you have some really cool shots of the Badlands on your on your site that I haven't seen done that way before. So I think you definitely have a different vision than I've seen other people have, at least of the more iconic spots. 
I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I do. I do try to look for different stuff. The Badlands, man, that was that's a favorite for sure. The soft light there is just like something I've never seen before. You know, uh, um, every night it was. Uh, they, there's a lot of silt. You know, obviously they're made of silt, and every afternoon it seemed to get really, really windy, and it would blow all that stuff up into the air. And so after the sun would set, uh, it would just glow. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like you could see it with your eyes. You could look over towards the sunset and you would just see like this giant warm yellow bowl over where the sun just set. And it would just paint everything in just the most soft, beautiful light. And uh, I mean, I, I could just do that kind of stuff all, all day, you know? Oh, if totally. It, I'm excited. Cause next, uh, well, let's see two weeks from now, I'm going to, uh, Monument Valley. Oh, uh, nice. I'm hoping that'll be a kind of a similar kind of effect that I'm going to get because I've seen some shots there. It looks like it's pretty much almost always like a warm kind of end to the day, and I'm looking forward to that because I don't shoot a lot of desert, so I, and I'm getting more into that. Yeah, de- the desert, man. I mean, it's especially considering you know I've traveled a lot, and I'm sure there are beautiful deserts in other parts of the world, but from what I've seen. The U.S. desert really does have something that you just can't find anywhere else. Oh, you totally. Know? In terms of the structures, uh, the the different layers, the sandstone, the formations, it's just it's just its own place. Oh, Unlike for sure. Anywhere, you know? No doubt. So, uh, tell me a little bit about what kind of stuff you got coming up. I think you had mentioned that you have some workshops, but you haven't announced them yet. Where what do you got planned? Uh, well, I'm going to be doing one in 2018 with Perry, uh, okay, and yeah. we're going we're gonna to probably be doing that in the Badlands area, and we're, I'm going to be doing one with an Ohio guy named Tanner Morris, who is a really good uh, photographer. He's also a botanist, so if you sit in a patch of poison ivy, he can positively identify it and tell you. Ask me how I know. <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> he will call you out. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to do one with me and Dolly Sods. Uh, that'll either be this fall or next fall. It depends how quick we can get our stuff together and organized and things. But uh, if, if anybody did want info on that, just feel free to, to message me. There should be a little contact me button on the website, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, bright-images.com. Yep, yep. If you take away the dash, it's different. Yeah, it's uh, self-help Jesus stuff. <laughs> which so you know although i guess are. you could say that's what your page is kind of like too <laughs> but uh yeah, it's like a religious know. experience <laughs> oh thanks man <laughs> but uh, um well that's cool that's um and then uh how did you get hooked up with uh with them to do those workshops oh i love collaborating you know um oh what a great transition yeah i, I it's 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 weird because I kind of feel like I do my best work alone, if that makes any sense. It but, totally makes sense because I feel like I'm the same way. But in terms of just going out and hanging out with a bunch of other photographers that are like-minded and bullshitting and just seeing some amazing stuff happen, it just doesn't get much better than that, you know? So uh, especially when it comes to these workshops, um, I guess I'm kind of weird with the workshops because I feel like uh, right now, maybe one day – Far in the future, I would transition from my day job to do that. But right now with three young kids and stuff, it just wouldn't be something I want to do. So I mostly do it just because I really like teaching, you know? Sure. And so I like to have a very, very, very low uh, teacher-student ratio. So, so far in all the ones we've done, it's been like a two-to-one, 
or uh-huh. no, sorry, 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 a four to one, like a four to one, you know, wherever okay. you can go around and just see what everybody's doing and really talk to them. And it's very much more like a workshop where you're, we're working through compositions. It's not a tour where you're like, here's a, here's a cool tree, take a picture of it. Yeah. Right. You know, like, uh, not that there's anything wrong with those either, you know, but, uh, yeah, I was, um, Oh, I'll probably catch shit for this, but I'll say it anyway. A couple of years ago, I was, um, I was, uh, shooting here in Southwest Colorado. I was shooting, um, Chimney Rock, uh, in the fall, uh, over by Ridgeway. And, um, I just happened to run into, I'm 99% sure it was Ian Plant. Oh, cool. Uh, and he was like, I think he had like 10 or 15 people with him and like they were just all hanging out with their cameras and he was on his satellite phone (laughs) and i'm like man i wonder what they're getting out of that experience and who knows like that was just my glimpse of it i'm sure he spent a lot of time with him i'm not trying to bash him plant but i just i've noticed that uh workshops different people do workshops differently some of them are just come to this location and I'll show you the cool locations and that's all they're showing you. And then some people, they really want to get into the composition and the mechanics and the processing and, and like all the technical aspects of it. And it's, I think that's probably the diversity of different workshops that you can get into. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and some people, they just want you to leave them alone, you know, and just oh, take, totally. them, take them to the cool place, you know? So there's all, all types, all flavors. But Yeah, uh, that's true. That's a good point. Cause um, I've, I've taught a few workshops and most, uh, all my workshops were night photography workshops. And some people were like, they wanted to, me to answer every single question imaginable. And other people were just like, tell me what settings to use and let me be. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's cool. That's cool. Show me what you get later. And I'll let me know if you have questions, you know, it's, I'm not going to force you to listen to me talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of some of the students that I've had in the past, they want to, uh, you know, just soak up everything like a sponge, like you said. And then uh, other people, they're just there to shoot, literally just shoot JPEGs. They just want to take some pretty pictures, you know. Yeah, totally. So, so what do you what do you do for what do you do for work? Uh, I work on remote controlled submarines. Holy shit, that sounds awesome. It's it's pretty pretty different job man that's for sure like uh if you've seen a uh, titanic when they go down and they find the titanic and there's there's those the rovs they're called so yeah like the the deep submergible yep. um deep sea submarines that's the ones yep and i've done all kinds of weird stuff man like I, I when i was a teenager my grandpa was a physicist so i worked in a, a fusion fusion research lab for a little bit so are you in- like more of an engineer or are you piloting these things or what's your what's your role well, right now, uh, I'm what they call a superintendent, which is uh, there's two of these subs on the boat, and I'm just sort of overseeing the operations. But uh, you start out being a pilot and attack and fixing them and flying them and stuff like that. And I actually miss that part a lot. It, it is very fun, but uh, it's it's a fun job, man. Uh, and I love the schedule. You know, I, do, I don't know that I could do an office nine to five, man. <laughs> it's not the, it's not for everyone. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of travel. You see a lot of weird places, you know, like, uh, I'm about to go to India. Um, oh, been, yeah. I've actually been working there for, for a long time. And when, uh, another thing my wife did before we had kids is, uh, I flew her over there for about uh, four or five weeks and we just went backpacking around, went all the way from the South to the North up in the Himalayas. Wow. So, and you don't have any stuff of that on your website. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, you remember that part when I was talking about when I sucked really bad at composition? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that part. 
there's a few that I'm going back and looking at now, and I'm like, you know what? I think that might be worth doing something with, but I just haven't done it yet. You know, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. you always end up having so many to go back through and a backlog and things. I still have quite a backlog, but uh, the Himalayas were amazing. But um, but oh, yeah, I just, sure. I just that was you know the dark period of time when I was walking around shooting ISO 800 in the day. Oh, of course, and in in, in uh, like uh, auto. Yeah, wide open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just rocking it. Just blowing it. Right. Like, I don't need a tripod. <laughs> I got VR. <laughs> that's, that's right. I got, I've got VR. Like that. So one of the questions that I ask everyone on the podcast is, um, based on the name of the podcast, F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen, what other advice would you have for upcoming uh, landscape photographers? Hmm. Well, uh, definitely besides the ones that I've already gone over, which is, you know, learn, learn Photoshop last. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I would say probably something that I think affects a lot of people who are learning, at least it was a feeling that I had was that I had to go to these crazy, amazing places. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't because it's an amazing experience to get out and travel and see all this stuff. And I do it all the time. But uh, don't underestimate your own backyard. Yeah. There's so much stuff around you that you can find. Just learn the conditions. Uh, You know, almost everywhere has something unique about it and something beautiful about it. And uh, even in this modern day where there's so many people everywhere, you can still find wilderness almost anywhere if you look for it. You know? Totally. Totally. Cool. That's, I think that's great advice, man. Um, okay. So my last question for you, um, if you were, uh, and I hope you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or whatever. And if you, you know, you woke up in the morning and it, and your phone updated and said, Oh, a new, a new episode of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen is released featuring this artist. Who would you be like, fuck yeah, I got to listen to that one right now. Who, who would you want to hear on here? I think I would recommend Perry. I think you would, she would be an interesting interview for you. Uh, have you seen her stuff? I'm pretty sure you've seen her stuff. Uh, I think I think I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, she has a very uh, unique eye, not only for composition, but also for conditions and for processing, which all three combined together. She's one of those photographers where I see a new Perry picture and I'm like, yeah, that's a Perry picture. Nice. 99% of the time I can spot it. You know what I mean? And it's, she's just a really great artist and a a very interesting person, you know, and, and she's got a pretty good sense of humor too. I would uh, definitely recommend you check her out. Cool. So it's a Perry Shalat. Yeah, it is. uh, You want me to spell it out? Uh, No, I've got it. I got it. Okay. Yep.